And cross to the ground One thing's for certain You're my constant, my truth Without you, Jesus Don't know how I get through Your love keeps calling me home When life is out of control You've been so faithful Some mercy, mercy seated where the judge should be was guilty, guilty of getting out of jail free. How could it be I didn't get the life I deserved? And the only thing he wanted was my heart in return. And every time I think about it, every time I thought was he had, I'm caught up in wonder again. Where would I be?
Good afternoon, New Hope Community Church, friends and family. If we can make our way back to our seats as we get ready to step into the presence of the Lord. So just a little quick reminder. So today, today after, uh, after we collect the tithes and offering, we're going to have our first night of youth, youth at youth tonight. Right? First night, our first night, our first night. So the kids, strictly after uh, we take our offering, you guys are dismissed along with the other kids. Uh, the older kids will go fellowship hall. to the fellowship hall, and the younger kids will go to the green room. Right? So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're, gonna, we're stepping into something new, right? We're stepping into something new in order to get these kids involved and get these kids trained up and get these kids raised up, right? So I'm excited. So if we can stand if we can stand to our feet as we get ready to step into the presence of the Lord. And just one more quick message Evan has about the, uh, the run tomorrow. Yeah. All right. So if you didn't see the post on Facebook, there's going to be rain coming in tonight, all through tomorrow, basically, even the afternoon. So we are canceling uh, the 5K. Uh, that's tomorrow. So, you know, feel free to, you know, shoot me a text or try to get with me, you know, if you maybe already did like a ticket purchase or something like that. Um, you know, if you, if you want your money back instead of helping with the, the cause. So, yeah, sorry, guys, but the rain. You can't do nothing about the weather. But with that said, if you donated, if you gave anything, and if you, if you need a refund, just contact Evan. If not, if all this money is going to our missions trip that is taking off here in, a, in two months, right? So these guys are getting out of here and get ready to, to set the field, to set the way and pave the way. So... If we can all close our eyes and bow our heads as we get ready to just align our hearts and our lives with our Father right now. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you just clear us. Uh, empty us right now, Lord, of anything that we may be holding that's not of you, Father. Father, we want to go to the next level. We want to be taken to the next level. We want to receive the blessings that you have, Lord, but we can't receive those things. But we're holding on to things that are not of you, Lord. So, Father, I ask that you just empty us right now so that we can gain what you have, Father. Empty us, empty us, empty us. We know some of us may be struggling here today, Father. Some of, some of us may be going through some things in here today, Lord. But with you, all things are possible, Lord. You're the way maker. You're the miracle worker. You do things that we can't do ourselves, Father. And, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you just for showing the signs and wonders in our lives, Lord, and letting us know that you are real and that you are here. So, Father, continue being that Lord that you are and continue blessing us, Father, as we continue to just continue this journey with you, Lord, and just to travel and just to, 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 to see the wonders and things that you're going to do in our lives, Lord. Just ask that, you have to, to ask that you just continue to be with us, Lord, as we continue to preach and teach and, and, and share your word. And in Jesus' name we pray.
Amen, 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 amen.
I know that you will hear me And I'll be amazed In the way that you answer As I wait I know I won't be shaken You trouble comes, I will lift you up, when my strength is gone, I will sing my song, when my body's weak, it is you I see. Heart it rests when my heart it rests. 
above here represents the Sermon on the Mount. And at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gets done with his teachings. And he says, there's a person when they hear my teachings and they do them, they're like a man who builds a house on a rock. The storm comes, the wind comes, the rain comes, but guess what? They're still standing because they're built on the rock. Just because we follow Jesus, the rock, you will still be standing. One day the storms, clouds are going to roll away. The sun's going to come out and you're going to say, thank you, Lord, that I built my house on the rock. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this service. We thank you for all those who gathered. Lord, I just, uh, I bless the, the children, Lord, and, and the youth group as they begin to head out, Lord, I just pray for your hand of blessing on the leaders, children. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to expand this group. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this next generation. We thank you that you are not done. You're not done with this next generation. As a matter of fact, you're raising up maybe the greatest generation that we've ever saw that will live for you. We thank you, Lord. We honor you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys may be seated. You guys can head out for the youth. Kids can head out. We're going to take our offering before we get into the message today. 
We know the real, re the, the real reason, if you guys want to know of why they canceled the run, is because nobody wanted to be beat by the pastor. And they didn't all want to be beat by a 47-year-old man, but it's all right. We'll give them some time to train, and they'll get there. Matthew 6, 33 says that when you put the kingdom first and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. Simple concept, right, that we shouldn't set our mind on stuff. We shouldn't set our mind on things. When our heart beats with what God heart beats to, to see the lost get saved, to, to, to help the poor, to see the, the hurting and the broken get restored. When you live for that, when that becomes your priority, then money just stops being a problem. Money stops being a problem because you put his kingdom first. He said, don't worry about where it'll come. If you put my kingdom first, I'll take care of everything for you. Lord, thank you that you take care of all of our needs through your riches and glory. Lord, I thank you for all the hands that give. Lord, I just come into agreement with every offering tonight according to your word that you will take the seed that you supplied to them and that you would multiply back to them so that they might have an abundance for every good work. And we thank you. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So glad that so many of you guys made it out tonight. Happy about the youth group getting rolling. You know, we had a, the, what night was it? Was it Friday night? Yeah, it was last Friday night. I, and I, I really, I couldn't sleep because there was, there was just a whole bunch of kids causing a whole bunch of trouble right across the street. And I mean, they were just all over the place and the police were all over the place. And, you know, and I was just grieved. Like, I'm like, where are these kids like parents? Like, they're just, like, you just don't care. They're just running the streets. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like, you know, never, never apologize for being a parent. Like, that's what you're there for. That's why kids, you know, that's why kids aren't considered a legal adult until they're 18 because they don't really think right. Even when they're 18, you know, they probably don't think that, that you know, right, but they're, they're getting better. But, you know, these kids need Jesus. You know, they're growing up in families uh, that, that don't go to church, don't have it a priority, you know, um, a lot of them, you know, they, they don't have, you know, the majority of them don't have, you know, two parents in the home. And um, so we just need to pray. We need to keep that area in prayer. And we need to just believe that, you know, that we can reach these kids and just say, hey, there's a better way. There's a better way than running the streets and getting high and doing everything that, you know, that, that, that your friends are doing and everything that you think is cool. But... Anyway, let me get off my soapbox. Um, <laughs> in a series called Ghost Stories, right, all about the Holy Spirit, 
Uh, my message tonight is called The Advantage. And um, I think that most of the church has good theology about the Father, right? Yahweh. We, we have good theology about the Father. We have strong theology when it comes to Jesus, hopefully, should have at least that. But I think that a lot of people are lacking in good theology when it comes to God, the Holy Spirit. Um, and so if you're new and, and you're not used to, um, or you, you're not used to the way that I preach, usually God drops a subject on me and I just kind of stay with it and we just do a deep dive and I just keep kind of going along with it until, you know, I really feel the cloud shift and then God gives me a different subject. So these messages are kind of built, you know, kind of line upon line, um, building block on top of building block. So, um, you know, if you could come to uh, be consistent in the services, you'll definitely have a strong understanding of the Holy Spirit. If not, they're always um, available um, online. But why don't we just pray real quick for the message? Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you right now that the Holy Spirit is going to lead and guide us into all truth. Lord, I pray for your empowerment that this message would go out, that it would find its mark, that you would say exactly what you want me to say, that uh, I would go as long as you want me to go, and I would stop when you want me to stop. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, that you would help us to know you more tonight, and we ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. How many people uh, like a, a good fair fight? I, I'm not one of those people, by the way. I mean, I, you know, if it comes to, if you've ever known anybody that's really been in combat, like, and I'm not talking about, like, if it's, a, if it's some kind of sport, like, yeah, it should be fair. Like, if I'm in a road race with you, you know, I want us to leave at the same time. I want us to cross the line at the same time and stuff. But like, if we're at war with each other and, you know, and anybody who's been like in, in combat or the military, like the last thing you want is a fair fight. Every fight should be fixed so that you have every advantage possible so that you're going to win. I, I, don't want, I don't want the enemy to know that I'm coming. I don't know, I don't want them to know when I'm coming. I don't want them to know when I am coming. I don't want them to know where I am coming from. I want to have much better weapons at my disposal. I want to have them badly outnumbered. I, I mean, army, army doctrine says that you don't even attack unless you have three to one odds in most cases. Just in case you know, that's how the military, the military rolls. I want every advantage possible so that I win every fight and I survive. Well, life at times when we're serving the Lord can kind of feel like a battle, right? The Bible says that we don't war against flesh and blood, Right? And it talks about that we war against powers and principalities, rulers of darkness and heavenly places. So it says that we don't war against flesh and blood, but it does say that we're at war. So we're at war, but 
as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, we have been given an advantage to empower us to live in victory in every area of our life. Let me ask you a question. Is it possible for God to lose? Is that possible? Yes or no, you got a 50% chance of getting this one. No, right? So greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world, right? So when we talked last Friday, we talked about how when we are born again, the, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit takes residence inside of our lives. And the Bible says that whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So what that means is that there is nothing in this world that can come against you that you should not be able to overcome. Do we have any overcomers in this room? All right. Got about half of you, but we're, we're, we're going to get the message and we're going to get, you know, we're going to keep, we're going we're gonna to get it to where we're all overcomers. Here's another thing that the Bible says. The Bible says that because of the divine power that flows through us, that we have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. We've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. So if we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness, why are all of us not living in victory all the time? And I would contend that the reason that we are not living in that place of victory all the time is because we have not given God the Holy Spirit the proper place in our lives. See, we, we, can, have the, we can have the Holy Spirit. We talked about that when you, when you give your life to Christ, when you put your faith in Jesus, who he is and, and what he did, you can have the Holy Spirit in you, but yet the Holy Spirit doesn't have you. You have the Holy Spirit in you, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have you. Just um, if the Holy Spirit is God and he is Lord, and if that is true, which it is, then we should be fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. So you can have the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit won't have you until you surrender all of your life to the Holy Spirit. It's like, it's kind of like having like, a, when a baby is born, a baby is born with legs. Always has legs, but doesn't know how to use the legs. So the baby's got to just lay there, then eventually they roll, then eventually, right? It takes them a minute for them to get to use the legs. So you and I have the Holy Spirit, but until we surrender our lives and, and build that relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're not walking in the power and authority that God called us to live under. And all these ideas that, that, that I'm giving you, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm teasing them all out because each and every message, we're going to keep going a little bit deeper in the things of the Spirit. And it's impossible for me to talk about everything about the Holy Spirit in one message, unless you want to go way back to like one of those messages that, 
the Apostle Paul preached in the book of Acts where he preached all night long to the point where some kid fell asleep and fell out of a window and died and they had to raise him from the dead. But I don't think you guys are are ready for that. So we'll break it up in bite-sized chunks. And um, this past Sunday, we started talking um, about the upper room discourse. And I would like to continue along those same lines in that same section because that's really where Jesus begins to introduce the Holy Spirit to his disciples. So um, if you have your Bibles, let's open them up to John chapter 16, and we're going to begin at verse 5. We're going to talk about God, the Holy Spirit. you're there, say amen. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. If you look through those verses, there's just a couple things that kind of stick out that I want you to see. Um, Jesus tells them that it will be to their advantage if he leaves. Another translation says, it will be better for you if I go. So first they, they had to come to the come to grips with the fact that Jesus was leaving them. They probably thought that Jesus was going to put down the Roman army and put down the Roman Empire, and then they were going to get to to be in his court and sit right next to him in power. But he's like, No, I'm going to die and give my life on a cross. I'm gonna leave. So that must have been kind of a hard statement for them, being that they left everything to follow them. But then he kind of flips it around and he said, but it's going to be better for you when I leave. So that really would have messed them up, but it really was going to be better for them because Jesus wanted more than just simply followers. He wanted to be one with his followers. He wanted to be united in one with the same nature with his followers. That's why when Jesus prayed, if you you go to John chapter 17, when he prayed, he prayed to the Father. He said, I pray that they would be one just like you and I are one. He wanted us to be of the same nature, of the same kind. That's why it says that Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. That he's simply the first fruits of the resurrection. And that as new creations in Christ, we follow his lead. And then once again, we see this word. um, It's actually the word paraclete or parakletos in the Greek. And it's translated helper here. Uh, in the New King James Version, but really um, the word that they used could never fully describe the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's translated some versions helper, some versions advocate, 
uh, some versions intercessor, some versions comforter. But I can tell you this, the Holy Spirit is much more than the person who comes and, and, and you know, um, comforts you when you're mourning and when you're sad. So, so they, they were trying to find these words to adequately describe what the Holy Spirit would do. And really none of the words that they give could adequately describe what this word is trying to bring across. And Jesus' departure on the cross is what would trigger the Holy Spirit to be sent in a brand new way. Let's go to verse 8. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you will see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Notice that it says, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. It didn't say, when it comes. When third place comes. The Holy Spirit is not third place. He's not the, he's not the, the cherry on top of the Sunday. He's God. And he says that, that he's going to convict. Now it's talking about his job in the world. That means that as spirit-filled believers, when we preach the gospel, it's going to bring conviction to people in the world of their sin. Did, did, you, ever, did you ever have somebody kind of like judge you just because they knew you were a Christian? It's like you could be super nice to them. You didn't say anything about their lifestyle. You didn't say anything about anything that they did, anything about the way they acted. You did nothing but smile and be nice. But for some reason, that person just doesn't like you. And sometimes it's because the Holy Spirit inside of you is agitating their demons. And sometimes it's just because they have a sin in their life and it's just the presence of you with the Holy Spirit by them begins to bring conviction that maybe they shouldn't be living like that. So the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and it says of righteousness. What is the standard for righteousness, right? There, there's only one standard of righteousness. When everybody decides, you know, what's, what's righteous, what's perfect, what's good. Because the thing is, is like everybody can always find, that, find somebody who's doing worse than them, right? They can always say, well, you know, I mean, you know, I killed one person, but you know, Jeffrey Dahmer killed like 20 people. I'm not as bad as him, so I'm okay. It's like we always move the bar to like the worst possible person. But no, there's a standard of righteousness, and Jesus 
is righteousness. He is that standard of righteousness. So if we're convicted of our sin and we know there's only one standard of righteousness that God can accept, then that makes us cry out for a savior. And he says of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And I think that there's, there's two things to that, but, but I really, that what it means is that in our heart, we all know that there's more past death. And, and as you get past death, the Bible says that it's up to, uh, it's appointed the man to die once and then comes the judgment. And so you're, you're either going to stand with what the Bible calls the ruler of this world, the little G God of this world, or you're going to be covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Those are really the only way that you're going to go out. So uh, you have, it kind of puts you in a place of decision. So when the message of the gospel is preached, it brings people into a place of decision. It says that the gospel is the power on the salvation. So when that message is preached, then all of a sudden the people are brought to a place of decision. And, you know, the same sun that melts the ice hardens the snow. And some people, it melts their heart, the message of the gospel, and some people get hardened to the message of the gospel, and they dig in their heels a little bit deeper. Let's go to verse 12. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So Jesus had more things to teach them. But he was going to teach them in the future through the Holy Spirit. And we even see that all the pastoral epistles after the gospel, they were written after the death of Jesus. But they were inspired by the same God, right? I, I can remember just recently there was somebody that was kind of, uh, they, they were arguing with me about something and I kind of, I, I sent them a, 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 a scripture from uh, the book of Romans. And they said, that's Paul, that's not Jesus. And they, they made this division and that, that's kind of what goes on. And well, you know, it's not in the gospels, Jesus didn't say it. Well, the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit inspired the rest of the writers of the Bible, moved on them like a pen, inspired them to write further teachings. Jesus said, I, I have more stuff to teach you, but you can't bear with it now. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to teach you some more things. Verse 13, it says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine, and he will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine, and he will declare it to you. So he, he talks about what the Holy Spirit does. Number one, he says that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. That means if I am in relationship with the Spirit, then I should not be led into error. Have you ever 
and a lot of us, you know, listen to a lot of different preachers on YouTube and a lot of different things. I mean, have you ever been listening to somebody and you just start listening to them? And you're like, something's off here. I don't know what it is. There's just, it, it almost seems like what the person is saying is right, but there's just something off with the way that they're talking. And then you go on and you'll be like, ah, I don't know, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. I've never heard this before. And then you go and you kind of talk to somebody else and they're like, no, that's, that's 100% wrong. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is inside of you leading you into all truth. That it, it's, it operates the same way when you open up your Bible. A lot of people struggle with reading their Bible, understanding it. Open it up, Holy Spirit, lead me into all truth. Help me to understand the words that are written here. You show me what's true. And it'll also, by leading you in all truth, it will also confirm prophetic words that are spoken to you. As the gifts of the Spirit move and people have prophetic words to you, because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, then any word that is spoken to you should confirm the word that was spoken to you. Sometimes somebody can speak a word to you and your, your spirit's like, nope, uh-uh. I don't know what this person is talking about. And you got to understand that like you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and you may not as much move with a prophetic gifting, but if somebody has a prophetic word for you, it should confirm something that the Holy Spirit has already spoken to you. And the Bible says by two or three witnesses, the thing is confirmed. In the Old Testament, you know, the, the Holy Spirit would move on a prophet of God and, you know, they were the only one. So they spoke for the mouthpiece of God and then the Spirit would lift. In the New Testament, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. I remember that uh, somebody was talking and, and um, they, they, it was a pastor and this man ran up to him and he said, ah, I, I, I'm going to go to Africa, pastor. I'm going to Africa. I'm going to preach the gospel in Africa. And he said, wow, I didn't know you had any interest in even missions or going to Africa. He said, well, I really don't, but... You know, that this person came up to me and, and they gave me a word and they said that they saw me preaching in Africa and that I need to go buy a ticket right now and, and, and this is what the Lord says and you got to go do it. He said, well, has the Lord ever spoke that to you? He said, no. He said, well, you better take that person with you to Africa so you know when to come home. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth will lead you into all truth in these things. And, and it says that, um, it says that he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. The Holy Spirit will prepare you for things that happen in the future. And sometimes it'll be an outright foretelling. The Holy Spirit will just let you know Hey, you know what? That person's probably going to betray you. They, the Holy Spirit might tell you, you know what? You're not going to be at this job that much longer. I know for me, I mean, I can remember like, you know, and I, and I shared stories about, you know, 
different uh, times in this church when it got really lean. And, but, but before that, the Holy Spirit showed me visions of the church being full. So I knew that I could hang on because, you know, that wasn't everything that was coming. And, and the Lord showed me things that are going to be that this church is going to do, that ministry is going to complete. That's why I know that I'm not going to be done here for a while. Because it, the Lord has already showed me things that are going to come, future ministries that are going to come. You know, things that are going to be built by this church, things that are going to be established still by this church, and the Holy Spirit will do that to you. He'll show you things to come, and, and He can foretell, and sometimes He'll prepare you. Even if you're going through, a, sometimes even if you have to walk through a tough season, the Holy Spirit will prepare you for that season. But you got to be sensitive to hear his voice. He says, uh, verse 14, he, meaning the Holy Spirit, will glorify me, meaning Jesus. So he glorifies Jesus. So we see sort of within um, the, the, the Trinity of God, sort of what they call like the circle dance. In a sense that, that, that Jesus reveals the Father, right? He tells Thomas, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus came to clear up misconceptions about the Father because I think, and, and you know, growing up, I still, I, I still thought it that kind of God the Father was like the mean one, but Jesus was the nice one, right? And then the Holy Spirit was kind of like a flame or like a dove. But Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So anything that you attribute to God the Father that you don't attribute to Jesus is an error. And so you have Jesus revealing the Father. The Father glorifies the Son, right? He speaks down, this is my Son who I am well pleased. He speaks at the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my beloved Son, listen to him. And the Spirit glorifies Jesus. It's almost like, it's kind of corny, but it's almost like, you know, if they were all standing in a circle, it's like, you're the best. No, 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 you're the best. It's like they all glorify one another. It's perfect unity, perfect relationship. And that's what he said. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus in you. The work of Jesus will be lit up in you by the Holy Spirit. And the final part is, is kind of where I want to land the plane tonight. He will take what Jesus has and declare that it is yours. Is that what it says? All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he, the Holy Spirit, will take of mine and declare it to you. Jesus says that the Father has given all authority on earth to the Son who allows the Holy Spirit to declare that everything that Jesus has is yours. The Bible says that as he is, so are we in the world. As he is, so are we in the world. So everything that Jesus had, all authority has been given to me. Authority over sickness and disease. 
authority over demons, access to all of heaven's resources through the Holy Spirit, I have access to these things so that I can build the kingdom of God on earth. And that's what empowers me to go out and make a difference in the world. That was always what the plan of God was. The plan of God was always to use man to spread the goodness and the glory of God all over the earth. He took man and put him in a perfect environment called the Garden of Eden, but the Garden of Eden didn't cover the entire world. And he said, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, take, the, take what I've given you and spread my glory all over the earth. But of course, we know that, 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 things got, that things got messed up, but the cross of Christ is the restoration plan that puts us positionally back to where we were supposed to be all along with dominion over the earth. And once again, the same mandate to take dominion, to be fruitful and multiply, to subdue the earth, to take the glory of God and spread it all over the earth. And ultimately, what happened is it's basically a judgment on the devil and demons because the thing that he tried to take away and tried to destroy in the garden, this man that was made in the image and likeness of God that he deceived, now he's now God is going to use that same man to destroy the devil's kingdom here on earth. And that's why as a church, that's why we function the way we do. We don't just sit around and look at a bunch of stuff and say, God, why don't you do something about it? And there's a place for intercessory prayer for sure. But there's also a place for action. And a lot of people sit around and say, well, why doesn't God do something about this? Why doesn't God do something about all the people that are on the street that are dying of drugs? He did do something. He sent his son to die on a cross, taking care of the sin problem. And because the sin problem was taken care of, now the Holy Spirit, the paracletos, can come and live inside of us so that you have the same spirit that, that raised Christ from the dead that lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit declares that that same authority that Jesus had when he walked the earth, he has given to you. And you're to take that authority and you're to go and push the kingdom of darkness back. That's, that's the way that this whole thing is supposed to work. If you look out and you, you see a problem, you say, you know what? There's a problem with drugs in our community. So yes, we pray against it, but then we also have recovery programs and we also have recovery homes. Why? Because we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to make a difference here on earth. The, the, the issue, it's not the government's job, it's the church's job. The reason why there's so many things run amok is because the church has not been walking in the authority that it was called to walk in. They think that they can just, think that you can just go to church once a week, go through some ritual, punch in, punch out, and just go back to your life and never get involved with the things that God wants you to get involved in. And the devil's busy. He's working seven days a week. And that's why we're getting crushed because we're not going out there in the power and authority that God called us. We're not going out and taking dominion. 
We're not going out and, and pushing the kingdom of God forward. You know, you, you see a, there's a problem with abortion, right? Millions of babies dying every year. So guess what? We decided to do something about it. Said, Lord, we need a home where these women can come and where, where they can come and have a safe place. And we didn't have money to do it. We didn't have a building to do it. But guess what? We had the resources of heaven. How many, I mean, how many times have you called somebody up and said, hey, um, that house you have, you should just give it to me. And they were like, okay. I mean, that's pretty much what happened. I mean, you know, somebody made a statement one time and they said, hey, you need that house for your ministry. I was like, all right, that's great. Well, I don't have any money. He was like, well, I'm going to call. I, I think I know who owns it. I'm going to call the guy. You know, then he called me back. And he said, hey, he said he don't want that house. Make him an offer. I said, what part of no money don't you understand? But we had the, the resources of heaven. That man called me on the phone. I said, what do you want to do with this house? And I told him about the church and I told him the things we were doing. God moved on his heart. He said, God's been so good to me. He said, I'm going to give you that house. I'm going to give you that house. And when I told him that we were going to do a maternity home, he was so happy about it. He was so excited about it. That's kingdom. That's the kingdom of God moving forward. That was a financial miracle that happened because we were willing to step out and use our authority, see a problem, right? The problem is abortion. And the problem is, is that some of these people, they get pregnant and they feel like they don't have any other option and they don't have any other place to go. So you step in and you make a difference and say, look, you know, there's a better way here. Let us come alongside you and, and, and help you. And that's the way the kingdom of God is supposed to operate. The church has been equipped and empowered to go out and make a difference in the world. And as you go out and make a difference, and we don't war against flesh and blood. That's why we're doing a maternity home like we are. Our enemy isn't women who get abortions. That, that's not our enemy, right? But we do think that every life is precious to God and so we want to support them, come alongside them, give them another option, give them a better option so that another human can be born into the world, into the image and likeness of God. If we see a problem with kids out on the street, then guess what? We need to do something about it. If there's a problem in our government, then we need to get involved and we need to do something about it. But we need to keep our gaze upwards because our, our, our future is not in any political party. Our future is only in the party of the lamb, amen? amen? Our hope's not with the elephant or the donkey. Our future is with the lamb, amen? amen. We, we don't wanna get involved in something that's below, below our pay grade, right? You get enough people saved, things will, get, things will be changed out on the street. 
You get enough people saved, then guess what? They said during the, the Welsh revival that so many people got saved that all the bars shut down. They didn't make a law saying that you couldn't have any alcohol. There was just so many people got saved, they all stopped going out to the bar. That's how you change the world. Amen? That's how you change the world. If you could just bow your heads and just, I'd just take a moment and just, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you now? Worship team, if you want to make your way forward, whatever's left of you after the... take a moment just try to just focus on that presence of God that's inside of you there's always communication but we're not always listening just need to tune into that frequency Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us. We're listening. feel like before we close that there's someone in here you you have something in you that just feel like you need to speak right now God's given you a word in this season for this time just want to give you that opportunity if if you feel like you have a word, just step forward. What I felt the Holy Spirit impress upon me is the roundabout. The roundabout. That you always end up in this place where you get right with God 
but then you go around again and you come back and you're back in the same place. The constant battle over and over and over again. But the purpose of the roundabout is to take you around and then put you on the road that you're supposed to stay on. But some of you in here are stuck going around and around and around. And you feel the spirit of the living God is saying that you need blinders like a horse. That you get many distractions alongside of you and it puts you back around that roundabout but you need to stay focused on the Holy Spirit. You need to stay focused on the road that God put you on intentionally for a purpose, by a purpose. And you have to keep those blinders on because as soon as you look to the right or to the left and you're off the course that the Holy Spirit has put you on, you're back at the roundabout again, and you're asking for prayer from family, from friends, from your pastor, and you're saying, I don't know how I keep coming back to the same spot. God wants to remove you from the roundabout and put you back on the path that you belong on, and you need to ask Holy Spirit for the strength to stay there and you need to demand and decree that the enemy and the demons and the forms of darkness move you into that line of light. And you need to command the enemy, hands off of me and hands off these distractions. I'm plowing forward on my road, my personal destination. The roundabout. Amen. As we move forward um, and we kind of move to a conclusion of this service, I want to open the front up for prayer um, and we want to breakthrough prayer so if you need healing if you're just stuck in a certain place if you feel like you just can't get past a certain place we want to break through those limitations so uh, I invite you up you can come up to the front and uh, we'll have a time of prayer together um, and I would just encourage you to just stay a little bit and just really soak in the presence of the Lord. Just really try to get connected with the Holy Spirit as we worship together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are You are our ever-present help in time of need. Lord, we thank you that your path for us is not to run around in a circle, but to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from victory to victory. To go through the wilderness 
to not just be satisfied with, okay, I'm not living the life that I used to be, but are you living the life that God called you to live? That's where you need to be. And you're never gonna go back here because being over here is way too good. But some of us are stuck right here because we're saying, you know what? I'm glad I'm not living where I was, but God has something greater for you. And it's not always gonna make sense. The, the things that sometimes that God calls you to do is not always gonna make sense. You have to understand that. And it's good to have good Christian brothers and sisters around you that can help you discern these things. But what seems practical to the world isn't what God calls us to do. I think it's in the Passion Translation. It says that those who are led by the impulses of the Spirit are sons of God. And as we get older, we're, we're taught not to be impulsive. Don't do anything too quickly. Don't do anything that seems irrational. But, you know, sending an 80-year-old man to go and face Pharaoh with a stick and his 100-year-old cousin, it's kind of irrational. Go march around the Jericho walls for seven days and then give a shout and the walls will fall. It's kind of irrational. Spitting on the ground, taking mud and smashing it in some guy's eyes so that he can see. The outside looking in, this is where the grace begins. We were hungry, we were thirsty, with nothing left to give on the shape that we were in. Just when all hope seemed love, love opened the door for us. He said, come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table.
Right now, as, uh, as, as, as we're worshiping, I believe that God, the Holy Spirit is moving and he's loosing some things, loosing. There's some people that are in bondage to different things. And I, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a mistake that that song was being sung. There's some people in here that have some major father wounds. That you've been hurt by a father. Maybe even you've had a, a tough perception of God because of that word father. I just believe there's a healing that's coming to you right now if you just receive it. Just receive that healing. Just healing that broken place. Releasing forgiveness. And as he's doing that, just receive the love of the Father. It's a love that only comes by revelation. It doesn't come through the natural mind. It comes through the spirit. That God the Father loves you in the same way that he loves the Son. You know, there's a place in the Bible that even says that the Father is singing a song over you saying, look, there's Pam. Look at her, look how she worships me. You know, saying, look, there's Ken. Ken's down in church, he's, he's, he's singing, he's got his hands up, look at him. It's the love of the Father. It's the love of the Father and that love of the Father casts out all fear. Because fear involves torment. But there's no torment not coming, from, not coming from your Father in heaven. Every good and perfect gift comes from Him. <coughs> Lord, I just pray that you just send your healing right now. Healing, emotional healing right now. Emotional healing. Emotional healing flowing, flowing like a river like a river, healing flowing right now, flowing right now, flowing right now. It's okay to cry. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. To the hero and a coward. Thank you, Jesus. To the prisoners and the soldiers. To the young to the older. Thank you, All who hunger, all who thirst. All the last and all the first, all the and all who fell and forgiven, all who dreamed and all who suffered, all who loved and lost another, all the chained and all the free, all who follow, all who lead, anyone who's been let down. All the lost you haven't found, all you have been labeled here. That's the Lord who walks them here. Can we give it to him? He wants us to give it to him. Can we give it to the Lord? Can we give it up? 
Can we come to the table? Can we give it up? Can we give it all to? Can we give it all to Jesus? Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness
like to close this service dear heavenly father lord lord i thank you for this time together father and i just thank you just for this time just for allowing us to just soak and just be in your presence lord father i ask that you just be with us as we continue to walk in your name and walk the streets with you lord father i ask that you just continue to make a way in our lives lord and allow us to use you father we are nothing without you we are purposeless without you lord so allow us to see allow us to see you in us lord Lord, I thank you for the blessings that you're going to give us, and I thank you for the things that you're already going to do for us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.
Perhaps creation longs to have the words to sing.